Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Daya Koromore Shri Krishna Chaitanya Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Daya Koromore Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Toma Vina Kedayalu Jagata Sansade Tomavina Tomavina Kedayalu Jagata Sansade Patita Pavana Hitu Tavayavatara Patita Pavana Hitu Tavayavatara Patita Pavana Hitu Tavayavatara Patita Bhavana Mosamopadita Prabhu Napoimeyana Samopatita Prabhu Napoi Beyara Mosamopatita Prabhu Napoi Beyara Ha Ha Prabhu Nityananda Premananda Sukhi Haha Prabhu Nityananda Haha Prabhu Nityananda Premananda Sukhi Ah, Prabhu Nityananda. Ah, 
pavolo kana koro avivaro duki kripavolo kana koro avivaro Kanakoro Avivaro Duti Pavolo Dayakoro Sita Fati Advaita Gosha Dayakoro Dayakoro Sita Fati Advaita Gosha Kripa Bole Pai Chaitanya Nita Ah uh-huh. 
Angir Kurvan Sputam Chakre Goraswam Bhaktavash Yatam While Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was accepting Prashad at the house of Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, Amoga criticized him. At that time, the Lord also showed how much he was obliged to his devotees. Text 2. Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitana Jai Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jai Gaura Bhaktavinda All glories to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu All glories to Lord Nityananda Prabhu All glories to Advaita Chandra And all glories to all the devotees of Lord Chaitanya Text 3. All glories to the listeners of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita who have accepted it as their life and soul. While Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stayed at Jagannath Puri, he constantly enjoyed chanting and dancing with his devotees. In the beginning, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw the deity of Lord Jagannath in the temple. He offered him obeisances and prayers and danced and sang before him. After visiting the temple, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would remain outside during the Upala Boga offering. He would then go meet Haridas Thakur and return to his residence. Purport At noon, when there was an Upala Boga offering, in a place called Boga Vardhanakanda, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would go outside the temple. Before going outside, he used to stand near the Garuda Stamba, the column, where Garuda is standing on top of, and offer his obeisances and prayers. Afterwards, the Lord would visit Siddha Bakula, where Haridas Thakur lived. After visiting with Haridas Thakur, the Lord would return to his own place at the abode of Kashi Mishra. Siddhabakula, I guess that's the name of the place, but there's a tree called the Siddhabakul tree, which Haridas Thakur and Lord Chaitanya would sit under. So it's a very sacred tree. It's like a Kalpa Vriksha tree, a wish-fulfilling tree there in Jagannath Puri, right? And some of the devotees have gotten, they certain limbs have fallen off of it, and devotees have gotten little deities of Haridas Thakur carved out of those. And one of the, I know one of the, I don't know if anybody here has one, but maybe somebody does. I don't remember. But I know someone, uh, Rasi Kendra and Padaduli have one in, in Houston. A little side nectar there. Sitting in his room, <clears throat> Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would chant on his beads. And Advaita Prabhu would come there to worship the Lord. While worshiping Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Advaita Acharya would offer him scented water to wash his mouth and feet. Then, Advaita Acharya would smear very fragrant sandalwood pulp all over his body. Sri Advaita Prabhu would also place a flower garland around the Lord's neck and tulsi flowers, manjaris, on his head. Then, 
with folded hands. Adwait the Chari would offer obeisances and prayers unto the Lord. After being worshipped by Advaita Acharya, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would take the dish containing flowers and tulsi, and with whatever paraphernalia remained, he would worship Advaita Acharya. And he would sing this verse, this, this little mantra, Yosi Sosi Namostute. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would worship Advaita Acharya by chanting, Whatever you are, you are, but I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. In addition, the Lord would make some sounds within his mouth that would make Advaita Charya laugh. Pretty sweet relationship between the two lords there. In this way, both Advaita Charya and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would offer their respectful obeisances to one another. Then, Advaita Charya would extend invitations to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu again and again. Indeed, Sri Advaita Charya's invitation is another wonderful story. It has been vividly described by Vrindavan Das Thakur in the Chaitanya Bhagavat. Since Advaita Acharya's invitation has been described by Vrindavan Das Thakur, I shall not repeat the story. However, I shall say that other devotees also extended invitations to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <coughs> invitations to feed him, to bring him over for prasadam. <coughs> that was the big deal. You could get the Lord to come to your house <laughs> and feed him, right? <clears throat> and his devotees. Every day, one devotee after another would invite Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the other devotees to lunch and would also hold a festival. So it wasn't just prasadam, it was a kirtan and whatever other things they would do, dramas sometimes, and <clears throat> but for sure kirtan and preaching, right? All the devotees remained at Jagannath Puri for four continuous months, and they observed all Lord Jagannath's festivals with great pleasure. The devotees also celebrated the festival of Janmashtami, Krishna's birthday, which is also called Nanda Mahotsav, the festival of Nanda Maharaj. At that time, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his devotees dressed themselves as cowherd boys. Having dressed up like cowherd boys, all the devotees carried pots of milk and yogurt balanced on rods over their shoulders. Thus they all arrived at the festival grounds chanting the holy name of Hari. Kanaya Kutiya dressed himself like Nanda Maharaj and Jagannath Mahati dressed himself as Madhya Soda. At that time, King Prataparudra was also personally present with Kashi Mishra, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, and Tulsi Parichapatra. As usual, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu danced jubilantly. Everyone was covered with milk, yogurt, and yellow turmeric water. So they were throwing 
milk and yogurt all over each other. Like, like Krishna's pastimes. It was this time that Srila Advaita Acharya said, Please, do not be angry. I speak the truth. I shall know whether you are a cowherd boy only if you can wield this rod about. Because the cowherd boys always played with sticks and threw them in the air and caught them. Accepting Advaita Acharya's challenge, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took a big rod and began to wheel it around and around. Again and again he threw the rod into the sky and caught it when it fell. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wheeled and threw the rod, sometimes over his head, sometimes behind his back, sometimes in front of him, sometimes to his side, and sometimes between his legs. <laughs> Indeed, all the people laughed to see this. He was the most expert wield, wielder of the rod, obviously. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu whirled the, whirled the rod in a circle like a firebrand, the heart of everyone who saw it was astonished. So it must have been creating some fire or something. <laughs> I don't know. Nityananda Prabhu also played at whirling the rod. Who can understand how they were ecstatically immersed in the deep emotions of the cowherd boys. Following the orders of Maharaj Prataparudra, the temple superintendent named Tulsi brought one of Lord Jagannath's used cloths. This valuable cloth was wrapped around the head of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The other devotees headed by Advaitacharya also had cloths wrapped around their heads. In ecstasy, Kanaya Kutiya, who was dressed as Nanda Maharaj, and Jagannath Mahati, who was dressed as Mother Yasoda, distributed all the riches they had in stock at home. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was greatly satisfied to see this. Accepting them, both as his father and mother, he offered them obeisances. In great ecstasy, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu returned to his residence in this way. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, known as Goranga Sundar, which means, Goranga means golden, the most be beautiful golden-limbed one, performed various pastimes. On the victory day, celebrating the conquest of Lanka, a day known as Vijaya Dashami, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu dressed up all his devotees like monkey soldiers, Chaitanya was having a lot of fun there, living the pastimes, right? It wasn't like dry. Displaying the emotions of Hanuman, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took up a large tree branch and mounting the walls of the Lanka fort began to dismantle it. In the ecstasy of Hanuman, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu angrily said, where is the rascal Ravana? He has kidnapped the universal mother, Sita. Now I shall kill him and all his family. Everyone became very astonished to see the emotional ecstasy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and everyone began to chant, 
Jai, Jai, all glories, all glories, again and again. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his devotees participated in all the festivals known as Rasayatra, Deepavali, and Uttana Dwadasi. Purport. The Diwali festival takes place on the dark night of the moon of Kartik, October, November. The Rasayatra or Rasa dancing of Krishna takes place on the full moon night of the same month. Uttana Dwadasi takes place the day after Ekadasi in the waxing fortnight of the moon of the same month. All the devotees of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu participated in all these festivals. One day, the two brothers, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu, consulted one another sitting together in a solitary place. No one could understand what the brothers discussed between themselves, but later all the devotees could guess what the subject matter was. Thereafter, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu called for all the devotees and asked them to return to Bengal. In this way, he bade farewell to everyone. See, they would all come for four months to go to the Rathyatra and be with Lord Chaitanya. Then, after a certain time, he would send them back to preach. Bidding farewell to all the devotees, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu requested them to return to Jagannath Puri every year to see him and then see the cleansing of the Gundicha temple. With great respect, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu requested Advaita Acharya, give Krishna consciousness, devotion to Krishna, even to the lowest of men, Chandalas. Purport. This is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's order to all his devotees. Krishna Bhakti, devotion to Krishna is open to everyone, even low-class men like Chandalas. Chandala means dog-eater, right? One should follow this order in the disciplic succession stemming from Sri Advaita and Nityananda Prabhu and distribute Krishna consciousness without discrimination throughout the world. There are different kinds of men, beginning with the Brahmins and going down to the lowest platform known as Chandalas. Whatever one's position, everyone in this age of Kali needs to be enlightened in Krishna consciousness. That is the greatest need of the day. Everyone is acutely feeling the pangs of material existence. Even in the ranks and files of the American Senate, the principles of material existence are felt. So much so that April 30th, 1974, is actually set aside as prayer day. Thus, everyone is feeling the resultant pinpricks of Kali Yuga brought about by human societies indulging in illicit sex, meat-eating, gambling, and intoxication. Now is the time for the members of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness to distribute Krishna Bhakti all over the world and thus follow the orders of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I'll read that one again. Now... So when you read this purport, that means now, right? <laughs> he wrote it years ago, but every time you read it, it means right now, right? 
has to. Otherwise, why would he write it like that? Now is the time for the members of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness in Radhakala Chanji Dham to distribute Krishna Bhakti all over the world and thus follow the orders of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The Lord has ordered everyone, the Lord has ordered everyone to become a guru in the Chaitanya Charitamrita verse, Amara Agyaya Guru Hantara Edesh. Everyone in every town and village should be enlightened by the instructions of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna consciousness should be distributed to everyone indiscriminately. In this way, <clears throat> in this way, the entire world will be peaceful and happy, and everyone will glorify Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as he desires. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> The word chandala actually refers to a dog eater who is considered the lowest of men. Even chandalas can be enlightened in Krishna consciousness due to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's benedictions. Krishna bhakti is not the monopoly of a certain caste. Everyone is eligible to receive this great benediction given by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Everyone should be given a chance to receive it and become happy. The word dhan, meaning charity, is also significant in this verse. Whoever engages in the distribution of Krishna consciousness is a charitable person. Professional men recite Srimad Bhagavatam does they actually work? They have to be plugged in. Anyway, sorry. Professional men recite Srimad Bhagavatam and discuss Krishna Bhakti for an exchange of money. They cannot distribute such exalted transcendental property to everyone and anyone. Only pure devotees who have no motive other than serving Krishna can give such transcendentally valuable benedictions out of charity. Um, on this verse that was quoted in the Majjah 7, 128, Amara Agyai Guru Hantara Edesh. Uh, oh, thanks. That was what I was telling the story about the other day, Lord Chaitanya's South Indian tour. That verse is there. Um, so the method of becoming a guru, according to that those purports, is by ourselves following the process of Krishna consciousness and giving it to others. And specifically in the purport, Prabhupada mentions that we should ask everyone to chant the Hare Krishna mantra. And in this way, convert them to Vaishnavism. So, we don't know how much potency the Lord has, right? What do we know? We're just trying to get a little purified. But 
the unlimited potency from the Lord in His order. The potency is there in the order. When the spiritual master gives an instruction, the potency is in that instruction. So, Lord Chaitanya, obviously, the supreme pure personality of God who came to benedict the world is giving these orders to everyone. Because when we do distribute Krishna consciousness, that's when we become more Krishna conscious. Right? When you have to talk to somebody about Krishna, you have to be thinking about it yourself. You can't just turn yourself off and some other part of you talk about Krishna. <laughs> you have to, like, you know, you have to be... And so, and Prabhupada, you know, it's not complicated. Uh, Shamasundra's daughter, Saraswati, she's like four or something, just barely talking, and she would tell people, Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. And Prabhupada quoted her, used her as an example to say, she's preaching. She's saying these simple things. She's a little kid. And she's saying, Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. So, whatever we know, whatever we realization we have, we can give that, you know? But we have to give the instructions of Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam and the holy name to everybody. So this is a big surrender, as we were explaining before. That's kind of our surrender. This Following this instruction in Kali Yuga is, this is the... And in support of the preaching, that's why Prabhupada established these beautiful temples so that they could support and attract people so that we could preach to them. So all the backup force of the temple, the cooks, the pujaris, everybody connected to the preaching mission is also preaching. Prabhupada didn't distinguish between the services like that because his temples in his time every temple was established to go out and preach. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't some other reason. The temples were established so the devotees could live there and they could c- come to Mangalartik in the morning program and hear and chant about Krishna and take prasadam and dance and chant for the, for the deities. It's like Lord Chaitanya is always dancing with his arms in the air. So when we dance... We're also like, Lord, see, I'm here. I need your mercy. I'm a fallen soul. I have zero qualifications. I'm fallen in the ocean of Kali Yuga, caught in the ocean of birth and death. We're dancing, putting our arms in the air. Lord, my dear Lord, please save me. Save me. It's like somebody drowning in the ocean. Somebody's coming overhead. Hey, hey, I'm down here. I'm down here. Help, help, right? So we're dancing and put our arms there because we want we want the Lord to see us. Darshan means let the let the Lord see us. We don't, that's the most significant part of darshan. We're seeing them so we can learn how to meditate on them, remember their forms, so we can meditate on them constantly. But we're also there begging for mercy. Save me, please, save me. So then, you know. Anyway, that was a side point, but the uh, becoming guru happens when we distribute Krishna consciousness. That's actually the act of the guru. That's actually the 
the service of the guru is to enlighten other people, right? So Prabhupada gave us these books to distribute because these books explain Krishna to everyone. You know? So distributing books, distributing prasadam, distributing the holy names. Like today, the devotees are going across from Trader Joe's to do Harinam at about 4 o'clock. This is an invitation for everybody because I'm not sure if I can make it because I have to work today. But um, they're going to be doing Harinam there and distributing books and prasadam enthusiastically. So these are the this is the fulfillment of this instruction how to become guru to distribute Krishna to everyone we meet. So we used to ask everybody to, you know, purchase books and keep them in their cars so when they could go somewhere they could give the people books and cards so they can show the people, you know, you tell them something, I'm, you know, a student of bhakti, and this is our wonderful meditation, and this will give you peace of mind. Please say after me, you know, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And then the more we do this, the more Krishna conscious we'll become, because... That's the Lord's blessing. It's not an empty blessing. Like we may say, oh, you have my blessings. Well, however much that's worth, I don't know. I know mine, I don't think is worth anything. But uh, when the Lord says it, and He says, you know, this is what's going to happen, when you do it, it'll work. It's not a blind blessing. It's not some hollow, hollow word without meaning. Um, I'm going to read the next verse unless anybody has a question. This is the chapter describing uh, titled Sarvabhoma offers Prashad to the Lord. Um, There's all this nectar we just read about the pastimes the Lord was having. And then at this point because what happened is the uh, devotees come every year to see Lord Chaitanya and to go to the Rathyatra. They stay four months in Jagannath Puri. So the Lord makes arrangements for them all to have places to stay. and So they're all there and they all associate and they all attend all these amazing festivals. And uh, so at some point, Lord Nityananda, at the end of the four months, and Lord Chaitanya got together and this verse says, With great respect, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu requested Advaita Acharya, give Krishna consciousness, devotion to Krishna, even to the lowest of men, Chandalas. So he's telling Advaita, who's the head, he and Lord Nityananda and Advaita Acharya, the head of all the devotees. So he's telling Advaita, go back and preach. Give Krishna to even the lowest among men. Next verse, Nityananda Anjadila Jahagoradesh I don't, I'm not sure if I'm sing, even singing the verse probably. Anangala prema bhakti kaila prakashe. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ordered Lord Nityananda Prabhu, Nityananda Prabhu, go to Bengal and without restriction manifest devotional service to the Lord, Krishna consciousness. Manifest it. Wow. 
See, the Lord can do that. <laughs> Lord needs your Lord to shine that they can like make it happen. <laughs> Purport, <clears throat> Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu thus ordered Nityananda Prabhu to deliver all the Bengalis to devotional service. In Bhagavad Gita 9.32, it is said, Mam hi partavya ye pisu papayo nayaha striyo shudras tepiyanti param gatim O son of Prita, those who take shelter in me, though they be of lower birth, women, vices, merchants, as well as shudras, workers, can approach the supreme destination. Whoever takes to Krishna consciousness and follows the regulative principles can return home back to Godhead. Wow, it's a powerful blessing. In his Anubhasha, Sri Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur writes, there is a class of so-called devotees called Prakriti Sahajyas who think that Nityananda Prabhu is an ordinary human being. They have spread the news that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ordered Nityananda Prabhu to return to Bengal from Orissa to marry and beget children. <laughs> Some crazy people. This is, this is certainly a great offense against Nityananda Prabhu. Such an offense is called Pasanda Bhuti, or an atheistic remark. Offenders consider Nityananda Prabhu to be like one of them, an ordinary human being. They do not know of Nityananda Prabhu's identity with the Vishnu Tattva. Vishnu Tattva means the category of Godhead. They're not Jiva souls. They're directly the Supreme Lord or His different expansions. Thinking Nityananda Prabhu to be an ordinary human being is the business of mental speculators known as Kunapattavadis. These people accept the material body, which is a bag of three elements, Kunape Tridatuke, which means mucus, bile, and air, as themselves. These people accept the material body, which is a bag of three elements, as themselves. They think that Nityananda Prabhu's body was similarly material and that it was meant for sense gratification. Whoever thinks in this way is a candidate for the darkest regions of hell. Those who hanker after women and money, who are self-interested and have the mentality of merchants, can certainly discover many things with their fertile brains and speak against the authorized revealed scriptures. They also engage in some money-making businesses to cheat innocent people and they try to support their business programs by making such offensive statements. So I guess this is a circumstance and probably knew that that's what these people were up to, using this to try and make money somehow. Trying to say that Lord Nityananda was a sense enjoyer, so you should all become sense enjoyers too and make some money off of them somehow. That's what it sounds like, right? I don't know the exact circumstance, but... 
Okay. Those who hanker after women and money, who are self-interested and have the mentality of merchants, can certainly discover many things with their fertile brains and speak against the authorized revealed scriptures. They also engage in some money-making business to cheat innocent people, and they try to support their business programs by making such offensive statements. Actually, Nityananda Prabhu, being the expansion of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is the most munificent incarnation. No one should consider him an ordinary human being or an entity like the Prajapatis who were ordered by Brahma to increase generation. Nityananda Prabhu should not be considered instrumental for sense gratification. Although professional so-called preachers support this, such statements are not found in any authorized revealed scriptures. Actually, there is no support for these statements made by sahajyas or other professional distributors of Krishna Bhakti. It reminded me of Sri uh, Sukhananda Prabhu invited me in Adani a few years ago. The Mexican government was paying him to cook. There's this festival every year near these pyramids of this place called Tahin. There's like 12 pyramids, like a little town of pyramids. And uh, so there's one, it's like, <clears throat> it's a big giant festival. They have concerts in one part of it. But we're living in this section with all the healers from all the Indian tribes, the Totonaka Indians and different people, they all came there to offer their healing services to people who come to the festival for free. So we lived among the healers in tents, and they had a beautiful like kitchen uh, area where we cooked lunch. Well, it's kind of like brunch, a late breakfast. Maybe it was lunch. For, you know, I don't know, 150 people. I don't know how many people were there. There's quite a few people coming and going. So, amongst that area of the healers, there's some yogis. And Chit would chant his japas and walk around and check to see who was there, because he'd been there many years. He wanted to see who was there. So he overheard this yogi saying to his followers there that we are all God. So, in this beautiful pavilion where we were, were chit and we all participated helping cook this big, huge pots of prashadam, clay pots. We cooked them on these cool clay pots, which is a first for me. Anyway, so what we would do is we would have a kirtan to make the offering. We'd all, all the devotees would get together and we'd sing all the prayers to offer it to the Lord. And then we'd hold hands with everybody in the whole group underneath this pavilion and sing the prasadam prayer and sing Hare Krishna and get everybody to chant, you know? And then after everybody chanted, Chit goes, he says, I just wanted to say something. This is all in Spanish. That there are some people here who are teaching that we are God. How can, a, how can we insignificant souls become God? But the all-powerful person, he gave like a little talk kind of blasting these yogis, right? And one of the devotee girls was like freaking out. She was like, no, you can't criticize yogis. 
you know, they're part of the program here and blah, blah, blah. She was all freaked out, right? But I, we were all like, yeah, shit, <laughs> go, you know. Because it was inspired by Bhakti Siddhanta. He chanted this verse. Namo, I forget the, which verse he chanted. It was like a, a pranam mantra for Bhakti Siddhanta. And then he said this. So, and everybody, everybody in the whole audience, all the senior like healers and shamans and all these people, they were like, yes, we're not God. You know, they all supported it. It was all like, yes. Everybody was like, yeah. Chit's like the man, you know. He goes in there and yeah, yeah, shakes him up and blasts the, the yogis. So the girl was all upset, and one of, and the, one of the yogi girls was there, and she got all upset. And we're and Chit was like, you know, so what? You know, I mean, it was like I forget how he reacted, but it was like you know she was upset, and it, actually I don't think she got upset with him, but she was upset talking to the other lady. Uh, anyway. Next day, that lady who was upset came and apologized. She came and said, ah, you know, I thought about this all day and night, and I realized you're right. How can we ever become God? We're just insignificant creatures. And she comes to that place where we're cooking in front of the devotee girl that freaked out. <clears throat> in front of that devotee girl who freaked out. Here's this yoga lady apologizing for, for, for freaking out thinking that there was something said that was inaccurate. Then, right after that, the yoga teacher comes, because he hears about it from her, that, you know, they criticize that we're, we're, we're teaching that we're God, you know. And he, like, immediately came to Chit and offered his obeisances. And he said, I just want to apologize. I know we're not God. I accept Rama and Vishnu as God. And... It's just the policy of the yoga school to teach these things. But I, and this is also in front of the girl who was freaking out, and I was like, yes. He preached the truth, and it purified the atmosphere. Right? These people surrendered. They got challenged. You're not God. What are you talking about? Why, why are you ruining people's lives saying you're God? You know what I mean? So, that was a kind of a wonderful experience of these so-called enlightened people spreading nonsense. And here Prabhupada's calling these people out who are criticizing Lord Nityananda. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to distract from the story, but it reminded me of that. So, Krishna consciousness, this whole planet Earth, everything here, every living entity, we're all part and parcel of Krishna. Krishna owns and controls the whole scene. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnamadachate Sri Shrapanishad describes Krishna as the owner and controller of everything. So when the devotees go out and they represent the Lord and present the truth, Krishna is in support of that, right? We're doing it on his behalf. We're not doing it because we're thinking we're somebody special. We're taking the order of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and trying to do it, you know? in a humble way, but also in a way that, like Prabhupada is criticizing these people. Prabhupada would be giving lectures and somebody would say, Swamiji, I think I'm God. And Prabhupada would say sometimes, no, you are not G-O-D, you are D-O-G. And everybody would laugh. So Prabhupada was so powerful. My, people that made offenses about it, like the impersonalist, the Mayavadis, probably sometimes he would 
enthusiastically uh, blast them. I'm going to keep reading <clears throat> for a few more minutes. Is that okay? Nityananda Prabhu has given assistance like Ram Das, Gadadhar Das, and several others. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, I give them to you to assist you. I shall go. Oh, this is wonderful. Lord Chaitanya is speaking. I shall also go to see you at intervals, keeping myself invisible. I shall watch you dance. Can't talk of this thing. I shall watch you dance. So whenever Lord Nityananda did kirtan, Lord Chaitanya came, and he could see him, and some others could see him, but most everybody could not see. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then embraced Shiva's Pandit with his arm about his neck. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then embraced Shiva's Pandit and, with his arm about his neck, began to speak to him in sweet words. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu requested Srivas Thakur perform congregational chanting daily and be assured that I shall also dance in your presence. You will be able to see this dancing, but not others. <clears throat> Take this prashad of Lord Jagannath, of Lord Jagannath and his cloth and deliver them to my mother Sachi Devi. After offering her obeisances, please request her to excuse my offenses. I have given up the service of my mother and have accepted the sannyas order. Actually, I should not have done this, but, excuse me, I should not have done this, for by doing so, I have destroyed my religious principles. I am subordinate to the love of my mother, and it is my duty to serve her in return. Instead of doing so, I have accepted this renounced order. Certainly, this is an act of a madman. So he's apologizing to his mom through Shiva's Thakur. A mother is not offended by her mad son, and knowing this, my mother is not offended by me. I had no business in accepting the renounced, this renounced order and sacrifice in my love for my mother, which is my real property. Actually, I was in a crazy state of mind when I accepted sannyas. So he's really offering some love to his mom, who is also an eternal associate and servant of the Lord. I am staying here at Jagannath Puri, Nilachala, to comply with her orders. However, at intervals, I shall go and see her lotus feet. Indeed, I go there daily to see her lotus feet. She is, uh, she is able to feel my presence although she does not believe it to be true. One day, mother, one day my mother, Shachi, offered, various, offered food to Shalagam Vishnu. She offered rice cooked from shali patties, various kinds of vegetables, spinach, curry made of banana flowers, fried patola with neem leaves, pieces of ginger and lemon, and also yogurt, milk, candy, and many other foods. Just note and please forgive me for this offense, but it does not say chilies in here. Yeah. Take note. Sorry. Forgive me, your Lord. Forgive me. Taking the food upon her lap, mother was, mother was crying to think that all that food was so dear to her, Nimai. 
My mother was thinking, Nehemiah is not here. Who will accept this food? As she meditated upon me in this way, her eyes filled with tears. While she was thus thinking and crying, I immediately went there with great haste and ate everything. Seeing the dish empty, she wiped her tears away. She then began to wonder who had eaten all the food. Why is the plate empty, she wondered, doubting that her Balagopal deity had eaten it all. Had eaten it all. She began to wonder. Uh, she began to wonder whether uh, there was actually anything on the plate in the first place. Then again, she thought that some animal might have come to eat and had eaten everything. She thought, perhaps by mistake, I did not put food on the plate. So thinking, she went to the kitchen and saw the pots. When she saw all the pots, when she saw that all the pots were still filled with rice and vegetables, there was some doubt in her mind, and she was astonished. Thus wondering, she called Ishan, the servant, and had the place cleansed again. She then offered another plate to Gopal. Now whenever she prepares some good cooked food and wants to feed it to me, she cries in great anxiety. Being obliged by her love, I am brought there to eat. Mother knows all these things internally and feels happiness, but externally she does not accept them. Such an incident took place on the last Vijaya Dashami day. You can ask her about this incident and thus make her believe that I actually go there. While describing all this, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was a little overwhelmed. But just to finish bidding farewell to the devotees, he remained patient. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu next spoke some relishable words to Raghava Pandit. He said, I am obliged to you due to your pure love for me. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then informed everyone, just hear about the pure devotional service rendered to Krishna by Raghava Pandit. Indeed, Raghava Pandit's service is supremely pure and highly accomplished. Apart from other commodities, just hear about his coconut offering. A coconut is sold at the rate of five gandhas each. Although he has hundreds of trees and millions of fruits, he is still very eager to hear about the place where sweet coconut is available. He collects coconuts with great endeavor from a place 20 miles away, and he gives four panas each for them. I don't know what the rate means, but obviously a lot more. Every day, five to seven coconuts are clipped and put into water to keep cool. At the time of offering boga, <clears throat> boga means unoffered food, the coconuts are again clipped and cleansed. After holes are made in them, they are offered to Lord Krishna. Lord Krishna used to drink the juice from these coconuts, and sometimes the coconuts were left drained of juice. At other times, the coconuts were filled with juice. When Raghava Pandit saw that the juice had been drunk from the coconuts, he was very pleased. 
He would break, he would then break the coconut, take out the pulp and put it on another plate. After offering the pulp, he would meditate outside the temple door. In the meantime, Lord Krishna, having eaten pulp, would leave the plate empty. Sometimes after eating pulp, Krishna would, in, would fill the plate again with new pulp. In this way, Raghavapanit's faith increased and he floats in the ocean of love. So that's what happens when we make offerings to the Lord with love and devotion. He accepts it and he eats it all. But then he re-puts new prasadam back there on the plate. So what we're getting is from the Lord is His transcendental mercy for sure. So you can tell the difference before the offering and then after the food looks completely different. looks different because it's been accepted by the Lord. And the result is is that it frees us Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita we take prasadam it frees us from all sins, papa. It frees us from the sinful reactions. And confirmation. <laughs> An auspicious confirmation. Uh, in the Chaitanya Bhagavat, there's a description of Mother Sachi cooking, I think it's, I, I may, again, the numbers mixed up. It's either 28 or 33 different kinds of green leafy vegetable dishes that she would make, Lord Chaitanya. And each one of those dishes was infused with her pure Krishna prema. Different varieties of prema, though. There's all different varieties of ecstasies. So Lord Chaitanya would eat one and it would have this one ecstasy in it and then he would eat the next one and it would be a different ecstasy. It's described like that. So the cooks have such a wonderful opportunity. This is like devotional practice. Trying to cook with as much love and devotion as possible. Each time you make it a little better you know what I mean? Each time you try with a little more devotion to cook a better prep, to cook it more perfectly, so the Lord will be pleased to accept it. And uh, and then, like Prabhupada, when certain devotees who were really good cooks, he would just look at the prasadam. And he would say, he wouldn't even eat it. He would, say, and he would call everybody in the room and say, you see this? This is how you should cook. He wouldn't even eat it. He could just tell by looking at it that it was totally first class. And it was perfectly done. And he, this is Korma who cooked for him when this happened. The devotee in Australia who wrote the beautiful cookbooks. That was with Korma. And my friend Sunanda, who opened the restaurant here, he was like the main, one of the main person, he was the main chef here for a long time. <coughs> he got to cook for Prabhupada. For Radha Damodar and for Srila Prabhupada on the bus from New York to Gidanagri, I forget how many hours that drive is from New York City Temple to the farm in Pennsylvania. But he cooked the, uh, the offering and then Prabhupada took the offering, right? And they was, he was eating lunch on the bus as they were driving. So part of the offering were cauliflower pakoras, 
And Sunanos really has lots of bhakti, and he's an excellent, amazing cook. He's the one that put this temple and restaurant on the map in Dallas here. He, so anyway, he cooked these pakoras, and there was like four of them, I think, you know, small, nice pakoras. Prabhupada ate those and said, can I have more pakoras? So Sunana cooked some more, put on Prabhupada's plate, ate those. Can I have more pakoras? So Prabhupada ate the whole head of cauliflower in the pakoras that Sunana was making him because it was filled with so much love. He would never do that. In fact, one of the times he traveled, the secretary was with him, and when they came to where uh, Hamsadutta's wife and Hamsadutta were Himavati, I forget if it was L.A. or San Francisco, I'm not sure. The secretary, it was Himavati was going to cook, and so he t- the secretary told her, Prabhupada's fasting. He's not eating anything, so don't cook very much. And so when she heard that, she was like, nah, I'm cooking a whole feast. I'm going to cook nicely for Prabhupada, how he trained it, how he trained me, you know. So she cooks this huge feast. Bring it to Prabhupada, he ate the whole thing. Came back practically empty. And then the secretary was like, Srila Prabhupada, I thought you were fasting. He goes, no. He goes, the people in the previous places didn't know how to cook, so I couldn't eat it. So, you know, something to be said about devotional cooking, and you hear about it here. Mother Sachi's, you know, we can't imitate that, but we have to try to do our best to cook for Krishna, you know, take the time, make it nice, use a good recipe if you don't have one, you know what I mean? Make it, make it full of whatever love you have, you put it into that cooking Whatever love we have, we put it in. You know what I mean? That's how we have to do everything. We're not like her who has ecstatic love of Godhead, the eternal associate of the Lord, you know, the mother of the Lord, or these whoever these eternal associates. We're not that. Whatever love we have, we have to put that into the offering. When we sing, we have, even though like we have to sing with our hearts, there's a description in Krishna book describing the power of chanting the holy names. Uh, it was after one of the demons was killed, I think. I forget. Or maybe it was either that or it was one of the... Anyway, one of the descriptions there, I forget which chapter in Krishna book. But Prabhupada's describing the benefits of chanting the holy names, especially in Vrindavan, where he was personally present. He's Oh, yeah. He's describing how no dangers will come. Nothing inauspicious can happen when the holy names are chanted, especially in Vrindavan where Krishna himself is present. And he's talking about in the gopis, especially especially created this auspiciousness and purity because they sang from their hearts. Of course, their hearts are full of prema. But we have a heart and whatever devotion we have, we have to sing with our hearts and chant with our hearts also. We have to offer our whatever we have, we have to put as much devotion as we have into those offerings and into our association with the devotees and whatever service we're doing. have to do it with as much love and devotion as possible. And that means done expertly also, Right? 
you just do a sloppy job, is that really devotional? Right? You could do something really clean and nice or whatever, but you choose not to for whatever the reasons are. You can always improve. Love and devotion can always be improved. I don't have pure love and devotion, but, you know, we have to try to offer whatever with whatever devotion we have. And executing the order of Lord Chaitanya is the uh, um, thing we have to try and surrender to. Okay, I'm going to finish this Leela. Sometimes after eating the pulp, Krishna would fill the plate again with new pulp. In this way, Raghavapanit's faith increases and he floats in the ocean of love. One day it so happened that about ten coconuts were properly clipped and brought to us brought by a servant to offer the deity. When the coconuts were brought, there was a little t- there was little time to offer them because it was already late. The servant holding the container of coconuts remained standing at the door. Raghavapandit then saw that the servant touched the ceiling above the door and then touched the coconuts with the same hand. Raghavapandit then said, People are always coming and going through that door. The dust from their feet blows up and touches the ceiling. It was like an entry room or something, right? After touching the ceiling above the door, you have touched the coconuts. Now they are no longer fit to be offered to Krishna because they are contaminated. I'm going to read this purport now. I'll end the reading. Srila Bhakti Sananta Saraswati Thakur states that Raghava Pandit was not simply a crazy fellow suffering from some cleansing phobia. He did not belong to the mundane world in lower consciousness, accepting something to be spiritual when it was actually material. Wait, wait. accepting something to be spiritual when it is actually material is called Boma Ijadi. Raghava Pandit was an eternal servant of Krishna and everything he saw was related to the service of the Lord. He was always absorbed in the transcendental thought of how he could always serve Krishna with everything. Sometimes neophytes, devotees on the lower platform, try to imitate Raghava Pandit on the platform of material purity and impurity. Such imitation will not help anyone. As explained in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Adi Lila 7140, excuse me, 174. Bhadra On the transcendental platform, there is no higher or lower, pure or impure. <clears throat> On the material platform, distinction is made between good and bad. But on the spiritual platform, everything is of the same quality. Dvaite Bhadra Bhadra Gyan Sabha Mano Dharm E Bala E Manda E Sabha Bharam In the material world excuse me in the material world conceptions of good and bad are all mental speculations. Therefore saying this is good and this is bad is all a mistake from the Chaitanya Charitamrita Anjali one seventy six. Such was the service of Raghava Pandit. He did not accept the coconuts, but threw them over the wall. His service is purely based on unalloyed love, and it conquers the whole world. Thereafter, Raghava Pandit had other coconuts gathered, cleansed, and clipped. 
With great attention, he offered them to the deity to eat. In this way, he collected excellent bananas, mangoes, oranges, jackfruits, and whatever first-class fruits from distant villages he had heard about. All these fruits were collected from distant places and were bought at a high price. After trimming them with great care and purity, Raghavapandit offered them to the deity. Thus, with great care and attention, Raghavapandit would prepare spinach and other vegetables, radishes, fruits, clipped rice, powdered rice, and sweetmeats. He prepared cakes, sweet rice, concentrated milk, and everything else with great attention. And the cooking conditions were purified so that the food was first class and tasteful. Raghavapandit would also offer all kinds of pickles such as kasamdi. He offered various scents, garments, ornaments, and the best of everything. Thus Raghavapandit would serve the Lord in an incomparable way. Everyone was very satisfied just to see him. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then mercifully embraced Raghavapandit. The Lord also offered all the devotees a reception with similar respect. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ki. Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita ki. Sri Sri Radhakalachanji ki. Srila Prabhupada ki. All of you devotees ki. Hare Krishna. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Wow, it's so wonderful to hear about Lord Chaitanya's pastimes, isn't it? Just all nectar. Playing all these, you know, they're absorbed in ecstasy, all these holidays, dressing up like cowherd boys, dressing up like Hanuman's monkey soldier buddies. and Yeah, dressing up like Mother Yasoda and Nanda Maharaj and like cowherd boys. And all these, like, wow. Prabhupada, when he cooked... His prashadam was full of ecstasy. This one devotee tells the pastime that when Prabhupada, there was some festival, they cooked a bunch of things, and Prabhupada cooked some kitri. I think it was Bhakti Sanata's possibly appearance day or something, or I forget. Maybe it was associated with that. Yeah, so all the devotees, you know, were sitting around in this room in L.A. Upstairs, there's a, a prashadam room. Devotees sitting around, maybe like this big, you know, room, everybody's sitting around the pots or in the middle of the room. So the devotees are all talking, and then all of a sudden they start eating the kitri that Prabhupada made. And everybody was silent. They were just like, just really being deeply affected by the ecstasy of the prasadam that Prabhupada cooked. And then they finished what was on their plates and then everybody looked at each other and they all crawled to the middle of the room to, and they started dipping their hands in that pot and just eating it right out of the pot, the kitchen. Because they were in such ecstasy eating what Prabhupada cooked. So they had a taste of some real prashadam back in those days. And that, that is not real, but more, you know, prema bhakti prashadam that Prabhupada cooked, you know. Yeah, that, that, those pastimes of Lord Chaitanya when he's traveling through South India and he's just looking at people and just through his glance, the spiritual potency would completely purify them and they would become overwhelmed with the ecstasy of love of Godhead. And then he would embrace them and infuse them with this potency. And then they would go and whoever saw them, whoever they looked at, 
they would also get the same thing because they were empowered by Lord Chaitanya. So, in the purport, it's described that they're empowered with the pleasure-giving potency and the eternity potency. That the preachers are invested with Krishna's shakti in that, and those two those two potencies. Um, and in the purport, he probably explains that Lord Chaitanya and his devotees can give that to anyone. So we have to make ourselves qualified and to be able to receive it and to want it, whether we be qualified to want it and to be able to receive it. So it's available. We just have to become qualified to receive it. Like the lecture Tamal Krishnamaraj gave yesterday, talking about if you could even hold Krishna Prema. We don't have, we're not purified enough, our spiritual body is not awake enough to where if the, if the benediction would come, we, we wouldn't be able to accept it because we don't have the facility to even hold on to it. We're still too, speaking for myself, still too contaminated from material lust in this material world, the consciousness which covers us. Krishna says, we're covered by different degrees of lust. So when all that's purified through sadhana, Gradually, when all that's purified, then we can get more and more. Our spiritual body reawakens more and more, and we can receive more and more mercy in the form of more devotion. It's gradual. If we could surrender all night now, if we could all just become completely purified and surrender right now, the Lord can give us that like Lord Chaitanya did. He mercifully just gave it. That's why it says here we have to distribute it indiscriminately. Because Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nishinata did that. Whoever they met, they would give it to him. So we have to practice giving it. And that will inspire us to be more Krishna conscious. What will happen is when you make the attempt to give it, then Krishna allows you to increase the next day. You know, when you sit down and chant your rounds the next day, after you've tried to give Krishna to some people, and then you'll feel, oh, I've got some mercy from that. I feel a little more inspired when you're chanting. You feel more purified. And then you do it again, and then you'll, you'll feel more purified, and then you, you can chant with a little more devotion. So it's a step-by-step, day-by-day process that when we try to surrender to that, you know, distributing books and distributing Krishna consciousness, then we make progress every day. We'll be able to chant a little bit better rounds. We'll be able to, you know, do a little bit more. We'll get a little more blessing.
one of his name, Prashadam. <laughs> a little late already. Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Kijai Shilapapapati Kijai Shilapapati 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 Kijai Shil